it's easy to get in your own head about, God, this sucks and it's so hot and, you know, my pace isn't what I want to be, blah, 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 blah. And I don't mean blah, 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 blah dismissively. I mean blah, 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 like been there, done that. Like it sucks. It sucks. Episode 1175 of Diz Runs Radio is a quick tip episode. Today's quick tip, making the most of a hot race day. All right, y'all, real quick before we get into today's quick tip, today's episode of the show is brought to you by my friends over at Dry Seats, um, which actually is a very, very apropos sponsor today. And I promise, I promise it wasn't exactly intentional, but sometimes, sometimes these things just work out, right? Anyway, Dry Seats, if you haven't heard of me talk about it before, uh, they're basically, not basically, they are, literally, covers that go over the seats of your car to pr- protect your car seats from the funk. And as runners, you know, we're, we're familiar with funk, uh, especially running in the heat and humidity of summer or heat and humidity of extended summer into the fall when it's still hot, maybe still humid. Um, maybe you're out on the trail and you're getting muck and muddy. Maybe you're, you know, out running in the, in the storm breaks and it feels pretty good, but then you got to get back in the car. You know, if you didn't start and stop at the house, you got to get in the car to get home. And, uh, yeah, those, those seats, can be a little funky and and maybe you're saying but this what do i need this for you know i've got i've got the old beach towel that i put in in the car seat to, to protect things uh for the car and and yeah you know i mean i've done that before and you know it doesn't really work like let's not kid ourselves right you you, you position the towel uh into the car seat and it seems good until you sit down and then it's all bets are off all bets are off and by the time you get home at least me i don't know maybe maybe you're more coordinated at these things than i am but by the time I get home, you know, this, this towel, it's all uncomfortable. It's balled up behind my back and parts of the back are touching the, in. it's just, you know, not, not good. Dry seats solves all those problems. It, it, uh, you know, basically like elastic around the edges. So it fits over the car seat. It doesn't move. It doesn't wiggle. It doesn't do anything, but protect your seat from your funk or maybe more importantly, your kid's funk because you pick the kids up after cross country practice or football practice or soccer practice or whatever. Maybe they just went to the beach and they're all wet and sandy. I don't know. You pick the kids up. They don't care about the, the beach towel protecting your car seats. I mean, come on. Kids are kids. They don't care. You care. That's why you have a dry seat over your towel and your seats are protected. No harm, no foul. Um, just really good stuff. Just really good stuff. Definitely recommend. Definitely have one for my car, one for Rebecca's car. Um, and if, if needs must, and we're both out and about running, then we just, you know, Take one out of one car, put both in the other car. Good to go. But get yourself a dry seat. You won't regret it. Dry-seats.com. And that's dry with an I, seats with an S, because it's plural. Uh, D-R-I-S-E-A-T-S.com is the link. Uh, Once again, dry-seats.com. Diz20, D-I-Z-2-0 at checkout. will save you 20% on your order. Good product, quality product, made in the USA. Good small business. Love to support them. Uh, appreciate their support, and maybe most, maybe most importantly, I don't know. All equally, equally important. Appreciate you supporting dry seats and supporting your car's cleanliness by protecting your seats from your funk or your kids' funk or all of the above. Dry-seats.com. Diz twenty at checkout. So today I want to talk a little bit about something that uh, happens from time to time, maybe happens more often now with, you know, climate change being a thing. And, and I, I mean, we're not really going to get into that discussion, but come on, let's, let's not pretend like we don't understand science and, and things are getting worse. Things are getting warmer, you know, and 
some of these races, especially fall races, but spring races too, that uh, have traditionally been relatively safe bets for cool weather, good racing conditions. It feels like, and you know, I mean, don't at me because I'm not, I'm not taking meticulous notes and, and being perfect here, but it just seems like off the top of my head, the last handful of years, various races that again, notorious for, you know, late fall races, early spring races, always great weather conditions, you know, maybe they're, they're inching towards a little bit hotter. And some of those races that are earlier in the fall or a little bit later in the spring that, you know, sometimes are okay. Sometimes eh, a little bit borderline are like downright heat sessions. And, and I bring all this up because, um, you know, hot race, like weather is something we can't control, right? Like, like we've talked about that before. There's things you can control. There's things you can't weather cheap among them, but it's one thing to have stupid weather for a training run. Right, like we're, we're this episode's coming out early August. I mean, a lot of us, it's been hot to varying degrees, but it's been hot. If it's hot to you, it's hot, and it's been hot for a lot of folks through the summer. And like that's that's frustrating. It's it's a grind, but like you know, if you're training through the summer for a fall race, like you kind you you kind of hopefully realize that like yeah, summer, yeah, you know, it's gonna be a thing. If you live down south you know, your, your definition of summer expands a little bit and you're like, yeah, you know, it's going to be a thing for a longer period. Like not, maybe not ideal, maybe not optimal, but like we get it. But when you're planning races, and like I said earlier, you know, a lot of times we're, we're planning these races. We're thinking, all right, you know, just picking a race, right? Like New York first weekend in November, every year in New York, you know, more, probably more likely to be chilly than it is to be hot. And you know, sometimes the, the standing around waiting on, on Staten Island, like, yeah, it's a little bit chilly in the morning, but it feels like, and again, I haven't fact-checked the, the dates and the temperatures, but it feels like the last couple of years, you know, not that it's been like 95 degrees, but, you know, when temps are up into the 70s and 75 degrees, something like that, which I feel like is not out of the, out of the, the range of what it's been the last couple of years, like, that's a little bit warmer than maybe ideal marathon weather, and certainly when it comes to, like, a November race in the Northeast, right? And you could put the same thing for any, any fall race where, where, you know, you're kind of picking it going, it should be, should be decent weather here. Hopefully when, when that happens, that it's not so decent, when it happens that it's hot and you've planned your race calendar around this being the goal race to maybe try to chase a certain time goal, maybe run your first distance, you know, first marathon or first half marathon or whatever. And you're hoping it'll be nice and cool. Maybe, maybe you're somebody and I, I coach a few of these somebodies that don't do particularly well in the heat. So, you know, you've been, been chomping at the bit, maybe stuck training inside or really struggling through some summer months. And you're like, all right, finally, I got this November race planned. Hopefully it's going to be cool. And then you're like, oh gosh, you know, 60 degrees at the start, a little bit warmer than ideal, but 80 degrees by the time I finish. Yeah. That's not what we want. Happens. It happens. Whether it happens more frequently or not, I guess we can we can debate that, although science says that we can't because it's true. But moral of the story, on occasion, you may find yourself signed up for a race that you were hoping would be nice and cool, and then that weather forecast a couple of days leading up to the race says that uh, it's going to be anything but cool. And when that happens... You know, I mean, it's, it's pretty natural to be frustrated, right? It's pretty natural to be like, oh, hell. Like, I was, I was trained up. I've been suffering through all the summer heat or maybe suffering through the winter cold to hope for a good spring race. And now it's wicked hot before the, the snow is even all melted. And, like, so much for that PR, 
So much for that BQ that I was going for. So much for, you know, really just getting out there and testing myself and seeing what could happen because the heat's going to impact it. Heat's going to be a factor. And, you know, like, again, let's not kid ourselves. Let's not argue with science and physiology. Like, odds of having a really good, strong race, especially when we're talking half marathons and marathons and those things where you're going to be out there for, you know, a couple few hours at least. Um, the warmer it is, the more of an impact that you have. And so when that happens on race day, especially when it's a goal race, it's easy to be frustrated. It's naturally frustrated, but I would like to think, and over the, the next 10 minutes or so, I'm hoping to give some suggestions of ways to still make that a positive race day experience. Even if it wasn't the positive race day experience that you were hoping for in terms of a good, hard, strong race, because it was a little bit hotter or maybe a lot hotter than, uh, regular temperatures or regular, you know, average, average temperatures would suggest it would be. So first and foremost, it's okay to have a little, a little pity party for yourself, right? Like you trained, you wanted to throw down, you're not going to be able to like, that's okay. Especially, you know, if you're looking at the forecast a few days out and you're like, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not going to take a, it's not going to take a a 25 degree nosedive. So it's going to be hot. What are we going to do? We're going to, we're going to piss and moan a little bit. All right. Now we got that out of our system. How are we going to still make this race a positive experience? How can we still get something good from this race? Because we already paid for it. We're still going to run it. Maybe we've already traveled to it. How do we make this still a good situation in spite of the fact that the weather is against us? Three suggestions for doing so. Number one, work on your pace control. Sometimes, a lot of times, maybe not most of the time, but for a lot of us, and and I raise my, my hand here as being someone that has struggled with this very much in the past. I feel like maybe I'm a little bit better now than I used to be, but it's from a lot of reps and a lot of practice. Uh, we struggle with going out a little bit too fast on race day, right? Because the excitement of the race, maybe the taper, the training feels good. Your legs are fresh, ready to go. And we go. And you know, if you've done that before, you've potentially experienced the negative downstream consequence of getting out a little bit too fast on race day is that Maybe you get that dreaded positive split where you run the second half significantly slower than the first half of the race because fatigue catches up, went too fast out of the gate, and really struggled to get across the finish line. And maybe in your head, you're like, you know, I need to try to get this negative split situation dialed in, or at least an even split. But then race day comes around, the weather is good, and you're like, God, I feel good. Feel good. Let's go. Let's see what happens. And then, you know, rinse and repeat, not so good. So on a day when the weather is basically going to tell you that, yeah, you know, that PR, yeah, probably not in the cards today, that can be a great opportunity to work on your pace control. Now, you might be dialing your pace back a significant amount slower than maybe your goal pace would be. You know, maybe your goal pace is, is nine-minute pace. You're working on, you know, let's run our first four-hour, sub-four-hour marathon. And then you're like, yeah, that's not going to work out. So let's let's set it for for 9:30 pace, 9. Hey, I don't know, whatever. I mean, whatever whatever adjustment you need to make. Maybe you're going to keep it at nine minute pace, but you're going to run the race strategically different. I don't know. You know, you do you. Um, but because you're you're assuming that the heat's going to get the better of you, and you're really going to fade towards the end anyway, let's run conservative and see what happens. Let's run steady paces. Work on this pace control. Going for these this even split, or maybe even an ideal world, a negative split. And sure, maybe you end up with a with a with a finish time that's that's twenty minutes, thirty minutes slower for a marathon. Maybe twenty minutes, thirty minutes slower for a half marathon. I don't know, slower than your goal pace. But by working on that pace control, by working on 
starting more conservatively, just kind of staying there, not letting yourself get caught up in the emotion of the race, that could, could kind of give you the confidence of like, well, damn, that last 5K, that last 10K, I felt really strong. I've never felt that strong at the end of a race before. True story. I mean, that was that was kind of the light bulb that came on for me at a race where I started out nice and slow, kept it real easy, running pretty conservative. Um, and it wasn't necessarily because of heat situation, but I, I wasn't trying to race hard that day. I wasn't treating it just as an easy run, but I wasn't trying to race hard. I was not intentionally, but I guess what I was doing is working on my pace control. Started off nice and easy, just kind of cruised along. And by God, the last the last bit of that marathon felt really good. Light bulb moment. Maybe maybe you really can finish a marathon faster by starting out a little bit slower. Works for the half marathon too. So you know when the when the heat's going to be a factor, maybe play with that pace control a little bit. Really slowing down, running even splits, might give you the confidence the next time the weather's in your favor to not get too aggressive too early. Save yourself for later in the race and could really lead to a really strong finish. Maybe that massive PR in the next race. So there's, there you go. Hot, a hot race day, work on your pace control, be militant about your pace control for that particular race, because that could really help set you up for greater success at the next race where the weather is more on your side. Another option for a hot race day environment is to basically aim for a a different type of PR, aim for a fun PR. How can I have the most fun in this particular race? Um, because I'm not going to be worried about hammering. I'm not going to have fun by racing hard. How can I have more fun on race day? And obviously the race you're running, there's going to be a lot of variables in terms of location, spectator type of situation. You know, if it's, if it's a small race where there's no spectators, you're not gonna have a lot of spectator interaction. If it's a, it's, if it's a big city race, you know, you might give all the kids high fives. Right, every kid that's asking for a high five, you're trying to give them a high five. You know, if it's a race where there's a lot of spectators, but maybe they got dog. Like, how many dogs can I? How many dog kisses can I collect today? You know, something like that that, that could really make it a good time. Something that would be enjoyable to to laugh about. Like, yeah, I mean, it was hot, but God, like, I I saw so many dogs that day. It was awesome. You know, maybe it's something where you actually stop for some pictures. Maybe there's it's there's a, a scenic overlook. I think of the Blue Ridge Marathon that I ran, goodness gracious, 10 years ago, something like that. Um, and and I can't remember the mountain, but one of the mountains has this big overlook over the, the valley, over the city of Roanoke. And like, I kind of stopped for a second, but you know, if I were to do it again, I would stop and really just soak it in. Just, just en- enjoy the view. Maybe there's something like that on your race. Maybe you're running Marine Corps and you stop in in front of the monuments, taking some pictures there. You know, just whatever it might, maybe it's Disney and you're going to stop for, for photos with all the characters. All right. But if you were racing hard, if, if, if the weather was in your favor and you trained up for this race, you know, you might not do those things, right? Because you're, you're trying to, to shave seconds off and you're wanting to maintain your momentum and keep your stride going strong. So you're not going to stop and start all the way, but on a day when it's all about fun, stopping for photos, stopping to pet dogs. Maybe taking that shot of fireball from from the spectator that's got the uh, the fireball shots lined up or the beer shots lined up, you know. Maybe you're willing to roll the dice on things getting a little bit dicey towards the end. But uh, hey, you know, say la vie. You only live once. FOMO. I guess that's not that's YOLO. Yeah, whatever acronyms. <laughs> but the point being, 
if you know you're not going to probably really race hard, but you know you still want to have a memorable race, try to find a way to really just in, embrace the atmosphere, embrace the excitement, and just have have fun. And then maybe you get a good story to tell out of it as well. Just saying. Last but not least, for ways to turn a, a hot race day where you you can't you're, you're probably not going to have your best day time wise into a positive race day experience. Find ways to support others. Spoiler alert for upcoming interview. Uh, this is something we talked about for when you're having a bad day. Get out of your own head and, you know, how can you support other people? And that usually helps you have a better day. Well, on a, on a hot day, um, it's easy to get in your own head about, God, this sucks and it's so hot and, you know, my pace isn't what I want it to be, blah, 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 blah. And I don't mean blah, 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 blah dismissively. I mean blah, 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 like been there, done that. Like it sucks. It sucks. But if you can, if you can go into that day going, I know it's going to be hot and my mission for today's race isn't to run my fastest half marathon, isn't to run my, my Boston qualifying time, but I just want to support others on the course as much as I can. You might be surprised how many opportunities you have for somebody who's struggling a little bit. And maybe you slow down, walk with them for a second and then start running with them. You know, Hey, come on, let's, let's just, let's just make it up there to the, to the next, to the next mile marker, to the next water stop. Uh, it's, you know, it's only about, we're, we're, we're three and a half miles in, or we're 12 and a half miles in, or we're 22 and a half miles in. Let's, let's run together to the next mile marker. And you could really turn their race around. You know, I mean, I've, I've seen that happen from both sides of that coin in ultra marathons, but guess what? It can happen in a marathon. It can happen in a half marathon as well. It can happen probably in a 5k to 10k as well. So maybe you're just out there trying to support people. As you see somebody struggling, Hey, run with them a little bit. Talk to them a little bit. Commiserate with them a little bit. Yeah. Been there, done that. God, this weather sucks. Hey, let's run together for a little bit. That, that, that could really turn their race around. And guess what? You're going to feel pretty good about yourself and you should feel pretty good about yourself. You know, maybe it's something like you're carrying some water with you and there's a runner that's really in need and you're, they're not by an aid station, you know, give them, give them a shot of water, give them a shot of your, your Gatorade, your Powerade, your tailwind, whatever. Sure. You know, germs, whatever. I mean, you're, you're also digging your hands into the same, you know, freaking. Uh, you know, food, food, especially at an ultra, you know, you're, you're, you're digging your hands through the same chip bowl, same bag of chips, same, same jar of, of M&Ms, um, you know, giving it, giving a squirt of water to somebody who's really struggling. Not a bad option. Not a bad option. If you can get, if you can get past the sanitary piece of it, which again, at least me, I don't know. Maybe, maybe y'all are more sanitary. You're probably more sanitary than I am. But like for me, that, that's probably the, the worst thing that's going to happen to me that day is that like somebody's squeeze bottle, my squeeze bottle got close to somebody's mouth and they, they squeeze a little bit of water in. like, eh, we'll live. Well, and if we don't live, you know, some, we, we were good. We were on the downfall anyway. Right. So, so share some water. Heaven forbid, maybe somebody is really struggling with a heat issue and you can convince them to like, get under a tree, get some shade. Maybe you have to call 911 for them, you know? And, and I hate to take a turn to the dramatic, but here we are taking a turn to the dramatic. Like heat issues, we've talked about this before. Time is of the essence, right? And so if you're if you're running and you're focusing on other people that day, and you know it's a little bit hot, and you know that that maybe somebody could be struggling a little bit, and, and thankfully you're not, you know, calling 911, saving them from, from really being just kind of cooking from the inside out for extra time, could really make a, a major difference in the outcome or at least activate, you know, having, having the race director's number. If you, if you know that, Hey, today I'm, I'm supporting others for this race. Maybe you, you put the race director's cell phone in, in the, in your phone 
and you call the racer to be like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm between miles 17 and 18 and I'm, I'm down with a runner that really is struggling. Is there, a, you know, how close is an on, on course medic? How close is somebody that we can get over here to check on this person? Cause I think they're dealing with some heat issues. Then you can stay there with them until, until the, the, the EMS team arrives again. I mean, you know, you're not having your best day time-wise, but my God, is there a better way to walk away from a race and to be like, maybe I help save that person's life or at least help save them from having to go to the hospital. Cause we, we shut them down, you know, got, got the, an IV into them. I mean, there's, there's, there's worse things we can do as humans than support each other, right? Help each other out. And so may, maybe on a day when the, the weather's not in your favor, turning the focus outward instead of inward. Yeah. I'm not gonna get my PR today. What can I do to help other people? What can I do to support other people? What can I do to make sure my fellow runner is safe out there today? Gets to the finish line, able to get home to see their family. That's a good way to spend 13.1 miles, 26.2 miles, 5K, 10K, 50 miles, whatever distance it is. Not a bad way to do it. Especially when the heat says, yeah, you're not going not gonna to race. All that said, kind of turning, turning this episode on its, on, its, on its head, turning it upside down here. Maybe, just maybe, just because it's a little bit hotter than ideal, doesn't mean you can't decide to go for it, right? Now, I say that with a little bit of nuance required and a a dose of self-discipline, too. But living in Florida for as long as I had, I guess not have, as long as I had, I saw plenty of times where people lined up for the start of a race and were like, Oh God, it's so hot. There's no way I'm going to have a good race. They defeated themselves before they began. I lined up at the same races. said, yeah, it's hot. But you know what? I'm feeling good. I'm going to go for it. See what happens. If the heat gets me, the heat gets me. You know, not like gets me, gets me. But if it, if, it, if if I just can't maintain the pace, the goal pace, then I'm not going to be able to maintain the goal pace. Not ideal, but it is what it is. I've run some really good races that way. So, the nuance of like... Yeah, it's hot, but I'm going to still go for it. A couple things to, to kind of help decide if that's the right, potentially right course of action for you or not. Remember that hot has a, a range, right? How hot, how hot is it relative to what you're comfortable running in? You know, when I'm running in, in Florida or even Georgia in the summertime, and there's plenty of days when it's 80, 85, 90 degrees outside, not that I'm running in the heat of the day, but it's it's not comfortable some of these mornings, right? Heat, humidity combination, some of the long runs that extend uh, extend out a little bit longer than planned. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, it's starting to get pretty hot by the time I'm finished up. You know, maybe it's, it's 65, 70 degrees on race day, a little bit lower humidity. Might still be hotter than quote unquote ideal, but might not feel that hot to me from what I've trained in. So, you know, not saying that 70 degrees Fahrenheit isn't hot, but it's, you know, not 90 degrees hot. So maybe that relative, relative heat compared to what you're training in maybe says, yeah, it's, it's still hotter than, than ideal, but might, might could go for it. Obviously the length of the distance, the length of the distance, that's, that's redundant. Obviously the length of the race also matters, right? Like, like it's a lot easier, not necessarily easy, but easier to grind out a hot 5k or 10k than it is to grind out a hot marathon, right? Like just due to the distance of the race, the time you're going to be out there, you know, if the hot's going to, if, if the hot's going to be impacting you for 20 to 40 minutes or even, you know, 20, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what the distance is, what your pace is versus two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours. Like, yeah, yeah. 
a little bit easier to get, get it done with the shorter races, maybe before the heat really catches up to you. So maybe you still go for it for that 5K that maybe you wouldn't if it was the marathon. The self-discipline side of that coin of deciding whether or not to go for it on a hot day and just see what happens is that there's probably a better chance that things could go sideways thanks to the heat than there would be under better, you know, more favorable weather conditions. Meaning that maybe you get going and you get halfway through your race and you're like, oh, oh, this heat catching up to me. Maybe you end up walking it in for a good chunk of, of mileage. Maybe you have to wrestle with the idea of, of taking a DNF because it's just, yep, went for it. Heat got me, shut it down. You need to be clear on those situations and those possibilities before the race starts so that if it happens, if it is hot on race day, too hot, if you start to overheat, you get too hot on race day, you can shut it down. You know, going for it is is okay if you're willing to shut it down if things don't go well. But just because it's hot doesn't mean that it's going to be terrible in terms of your race results. Could be but you might just mess around and get a PR on a hot day too. Been there, done that. Don't know if I still have the t-shirt. I don't think I still have the t-shirt, but I, I, I got a t-shirt for it. It's one of those crappy running t-shirts that made it in the rag bag before I ever really wore it. Anyway, at the end of the day, like I said earlier, the, the weather is something that we can't control and hot race days are a thing that we're going to have to deal with on occasion. Unless, unless you're like only running races in December in Alberta. Right. Then, then I think right now, at least we can say that pretty good chance you're not going to have to deal with, with hot temperatures, but otherwise it's, it's, it's a possibility. And it sucks when that kind of ruins your, your a goal going into the race. But if you're willing to, to flip the perspective a little bit, you know, by, by working on your pace control, by aiming for how can I have the most fun today? Maybe by supporting others, you can still have a really good race. And if your training went really well, you're feeling confident, and maybe it's not hot relative to you, maybe you can still go for it. And maybe still have that race that you were kind of hoping for, surprising yourself, maybe in the process, uh, but be willing to, to pull the plug if necessary. So that's that's how I handle a hot race day. What about you? When it's, when it's hot on race day, hotter than anticipated, hotter than you want it to be, what do you do? Do you, do you piss and moan and not even start the race? Do you go for it? Do you adjust? What works for you? What have you done in the past? I'd love to hear it if you're willing to share it. At Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram, at Dizruns on threads if we're still using threads. I don't know. I'm not really using threads anymore, but I'm still there. So hit me up with a message there if you're so inclined. Dizruns at gmail.com if you want to send an email. And of course, Dizruns.com slash 1175 will get you back to the show notes for today. Memes, GIFs, links, comment section, all the, all the standard, standard affair in the show notes. Uh, and if, if it is hot on your race and you're going to have to drive home, might better protect your car seats. And there's no better way to do that than with a dry seat, uh, from the company dry seats, uh, again, covers up your, your, your car seat, uh, keeps the sweat, mud, muck, grime, funk, keep it all off your car seat. So you don't have to spend all the time on the, and all the money on a detailing job. No, 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 no. Just get the car, get the dry seat, cover up your car seat. Then when you get home, it strips off in like two seconds, no factor. Uh, so you don't have to ride around in it on, on the day, on the daily, but post run post hot race, nothing better than a dry seat to protect your car seats. Dry D R I dash seats, plural seats with an S.com is the website. Uh, Diz 20 at checkout saves you 20%. And of course we'll have a link in the description of today's episode. We'll have a link in the show notes for today as well, uh, to make it easy for you. Thanks to dry seats for their continued support. Thanks y'all for supporting dry seats as well. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Coming in just under 30 minutes as per usual. 
no, nothing quick about these quick tips. Hopefully something useful about these quick tips, though. If there was something useful for you in this one, hit that share button. Spread the word. Always appreciate it when you do that. And until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks for listening today. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you. Bye-bye.